What's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo. We are HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It's time for our Week 2 Reaction Show. Thanks so much for joining us. We are brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus. Uh, we appreciate you guys doing that. We, we have been getting a lot of good feedback on that. I did terrible terrible on my big 12 bets this week so maybe just fade all my picks in week three um i'm happy to joke about that by the way but please do use mybookie.ag promo code big one two for a 100 sign up bonus um when you use that promo code so minimum deposit 45 bucks maximum of a thousand to get the bonus thanks so much for joining us guys and let's dive right into our reaction show for week two. Any questions you have, please do throw them in here, whether it's on Periscope, whether you're on uh, Facebook Live, or of course, you can email us, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Okay, got to start off with Texas LSU and everything that took place there and everything that happened there in this, um, in this week two matchup. This game said to me much more about LSU than it did Texas. I think that LSU is a legitimate national title contender. I still think Texas can, can win the Big 12, now, they got to clean up some stuff in that secondary. Uh, the secondary was a mess. I think that Jalen Green is right now getting burnt by another LSU wide receiver as we speak. But um, LSU looks like a legitimate national title threat. If I have to see Joe Brady's face one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I joked on Twitter that the reason I didn't tweet until about 10 o'clock this morning was because I played a drinking game last night in which every time I had to look at Joe Brady's face on, on ABC, I would take a shot and I was passed out by halfway through the second quarter. I, you know, congratulations, LSU. You realize it's important to throw the ball in football. That's kind of like a way to win games. Congratulations. But Hey, ESPN and ABC, can we stop praising LSU because they realize throwing the football is a great way to win football games? It's just ridiculous to me that that was such a big storyline, but I get it. Todd Orlando may have had his uh, worst game as a play caller as the defensive coordinator at Texas. I, I respect the heck out of um, what Todd Orlando has built there for Tom Herman at Texas, but he had, a, he had a rough game. I mean, he had cornerbacks that were getting torched every single play. Every single play. He had his cornerbacks, his young secondary, getting smoked by LSU. And he seems like he left them on an island all night long. And I just don't understand why. I, I really don't get it. And the quintessential example of that was third and 17, up a score, you bring the heat, you, you bring every linebacker, you've got your four or five corners out in an island against an empty backfield, and uh, LSU scores a touchdown, and that was basically the touchdown that gave them the win. It clinched the victory for them in the fourth quarter. Uh, Joe Burrow was great. I mean, he's a really darn good quarterback. Sam Ellinger is just as good a quarterback. But my goodness gracious, I could not believe when Texas brought the blitz on third and 17, late in the fourth quarter, all you got to do is keep the offense in front of you. Let them get 10, 12 yards. They're going to have to kick to you. You'll be down a score. Stop. Stop. I was, oh my gosh, I had my face in my hands um, when that happened on that third and 17 when, when Texas brought the blitz. I'm okay bringing the blitz in certain instances. 
That one made no sense to me why Todd Orlando brought that blitz on, on third and 17 late in the fourth quarter. He had a bad game. Everybody has a bad game. Everybody has a bad day at work. But Todd Orlando had a rough day at the office against LSU. But I, I really believe LSU is going to score a lot of points against um, everybody. But, hey, SEC, right? It's funny, too, how, you know, the SEC plays 13 to 10 games and the Big 12 plays 45, 37 games. And then when the Big 12 and the SEC play, it's always like 40-plus points being scored or 30-plus points being scored by both teams. But I thought, like, the SEC defenses are so great and so stout, that's why they play 13, 10 games. Can somebody figure that out for me? Because I can't figure that one out. I can't. In the first half, obviously missed opportunities for Texas. You had the two fourth and goals. Um, Keontae Ingram drops the pass, and um, it, it's, that was brutal. That was brutal. The Sam Ellinger run around the right end, I had no problem with that play call. I, I didn't. And you know what? You came up short. I did not mind Tom Herman taking those risks. I, I did not have any problem with it. But the Ingram ball, I mean, you know, he's going to catch that nine out of ten times, maybe 95 out of 100 times. That's just how that one goes sometimes. So that was tough. And, um, yes, Ellinger got stuffed. Maybe the second time I can see it take the points, but I don't really have a problem with Tom Herman going for it there. You're at home. Um, you know, worst case, you have what you had there, at least on the Ingram uh, turnover on downs. You get the interception. You get a pin deep back in their own territory. So, did not mind that, but still, those are just tough breaks for Texas. Um, I still think Texas is a legitimate Big 12 threat. Uh, they can hang with just about anybody in the country. But for me, this game said a lot more about LSU being a national title contender than it said about Texas, you know, not being up to snuff. They are. But Lincoln Riley's got to be licking his chops watching that uh, secondary on Saturday night, you know? I mean, he, he will be licking his chops watching that secondary tape when they get ready to play in about a month. Um, I'm just going to go in order of the top stories in the Big 12. Last week I went game by game, but this week there was a, uh, a big gap between Big 12 games that, that frankly mattered um, or had great storylines to them and then Big 12 games that did not have great storylines to them. Um, on the on Periscope, as much as I hate it, Tom Herman's a risk taker. That's just who he is. Still proud of my horns. Yeah, I, I had no problem with the offensive risk taking. I had problems with the uh, Todd Orlando risk taking on defense because it was not working. That's the difference. It was not working for the most part. The offensive risk taking, uh, you know, it had its moments, and if it didn't work, it was because Keonta Ingram, you know. Dropped a ball, he'll catch nine out of ten times. I had no problem with that. So throw us your questions on Periscope and on Facebook Live. We're there. Um, week two reaction here in the Big 12. We're brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code BIG12. That's big one, two, for a 100% sign-up bonus. All right, West Virginia, uh, that loss to Missouri, that was horrible. The West Virginia looks terrible. There's no other way to put it. I had concerns on both lines, um, and it came true both times. The defensive line had a tough time getting in the backfield, and then the offensive line um, was a mess. After averaging 1.4 yards per carry last week against James Madison, West Virginia actually did worse, averaging 0.9 yards per carry. 
nine yards per carry against Mizzou in week two. That is horrible. And the running running game was supposed to be a strength of this team. Austin Kendall um, had a lot of moments where he struggled as well. They bring in Jack Allison for a series. He does even worse with an interception. All of a sudden, Austin Kendall looks like, you know, Baker Mayfield. Uh, That was not a good scene. Now, a lot of people are are saying after yesterday, geez, Dana Holgerson jumped ship at the right time. Let Dana go, all right? Dana probably knew this program was in for a massive rebuild if he did not leave this previous offseason, he would have been canned, and who knows where he would have ended up. All right, he made the right move for himself. West Virginia fans are going to be grateful in, in three, four, five years because they have a better coach than they had. It's going to be ugly this year. It's not going to be the fault of Neil Brown that it's ugly this year. But if this West Virginia team continues to play like it has these first couple of weeks, uh, you know they're looking at the ninth best team in the Big 12. In most conferences, it might be 10th, but Kansas is Kansas, and we saw more of that yesterday. I'll get to that here in a couple of minutes. But, wow, that was ugly. And that was a Missouri team that, yes, is better. This Missouri team is better than the team that you know, lost to Wyoming in week one. I still don't know how good it is, though. So it's something to kind of keep in, uh, keep in mind. But I am just – I'm concerned about West Virginia moving forward. Uh, they have some talent. They have a lot of room to grow. But, man, th- this Mountaineers team is, is going to struggle to reach that five-win mark. That was their over-under before the season. I took the under. I feel pretty good about that right now. And I have to brag about some of my bets because my picks in week two were terrible. So you can roast me for that all you want. It was a really bad week for my picks. Um, on Facebook, well, I'll get to this question here in a second. Let's talk about the third biggest storyline in the Big 12 in week two, and that was Kansas. I'm so ticked off at myself. You know, I I take Indiana State to win last week, and I lose that one. I took them with the points, and I thought they might win outright. We get to week two. Kansas is a a 10-point favorite over Coastal Carolina. The line's bet down to seven, and I'm such a sucker I take KU at the touchdown because I think to myself, Puka Williams is back. On top of that, Coastal Carolinas, you know, they're, they're practicing somewhere else in the state because of the Hurricane Dorian last week. They're going on the road. They're going to be a mess. I'll take KU. And what a joke. Khalil Herbert gets on the board early for Kansas with a touchdown run of 41 yards. And then the offense goes scoreless on their last eight drives to finish the game. I have a serious question for Les Miles. How bad is Thomas McVitie that you kept Carter Stanley in there? Thomas McVitie, who was once a top 15 prospect, uh, pro-style quarterback coming out of high school, is he that terrible? And I, I thought Carter Stanley had some nice throws, especially down the stretch in week one um, uh, you know, against Indiana State. But, man, I mean, at what point do you say, I've seen this too many times? I thought we might have turned the corner in week one with Carter Stanley because he did have a couple of nice throws and nice plays. But that Carter Stanley last week was the same guy that we've seen over and over and over again in Lawrence. And what does that say about Thomas McVitie? It says just as much about him as it does about Carter Stanley. And ironically, as Kansas is scoring a touchdown against uh, Coastal Carolina, his former team LSU – you know, is, is looking like the Kansas City Chiefs 
um, against Texas. It's just ironic how that's going on at the same time last night. And I, oh, gosh. And our own Derek Duke wrote about this in his Good, Bad, and Ugly this week. But the clock management from the Jayhawks staff was, was horrendous. You know, you're facing a fourth and four. You're in the red zone of Coastal Carolina. Uh, you're down five early in the fourth quarter. And you got two timeouts left. And you blow them both on that drive. It's just em- embarrassing embarrassing offensive clock management by Kansas, all right? I mean, there's no other way to put it. So uh, it, it just it, – it's infuriating because you want Kansas to be better. You want this team, you want this program to, to be respectable for the sake of the Big 12. You have a really respectable top nine in this conference when you talk about programs overall. Sure, some are having better years than others. But you want Kansas to be – just just, just an averagely bad program, if nothing else. And, man, they just can't do it. And it's going to take time, and, and I don't know how they win another game. I mean, you're going to be underdogs in every game they play the rest of the year. you got Boston College on Friday night. Find me a win. Uh, you know, unless you have one of those shockers like, um, can, or like Texas in Charlie Strong's last year, find me that win. The conference is, is getting better everywhere else except for – for KU right now. And that's, that's tough. It's, it's tough to recruit as well. So I'm not jumping off the Les Miles bandwagon. If you listen to the show, I had a lot of concerns before the season started about them. And I still have those same concerns, but it is, it is a tough road and it's going to be a tough road. All right, let's get to the rest of the uh, big 12. For me, those were the top three storylines, Texas, West Virginia, and Kansas. Um, the rest of the conference was, was fairly status quo. That's, that's, you know, there's nothing else that you can really say because of who the opponents were, who these teams were playing, but let's run through them here. Kansas State, um, <laughs> someone just asked this on Facebook Live. This is Alvin on Facebook Live. Pete, are you a coach climbing believer? K-State has scored 101 points in two games. It wasn't until game six last year when they scored 100 points. I, I am absolutely a coach climbing believer. I wrote about this on the website. Uh, this week that I said that Chris Kleiman, is he turning into basically a modern day Bill Snyder? And I talked about this in the podcast last week as well. And it's just like Kleiman has taken the culture of Kansas State, kept it intact, but then has like added the 2019 elements that it needs to, to, you know, stay relevant and stay solid as a program. Skylar Thompson right now is the most efficient quarterback in America. I know it's two games. I, I know it is, you know, they played who they played so far, but how are you not excited about a team that's put up almost 700 rushing yards in two weeks? What's not to be excited about? And, you know, they hold Bowling Green to 0-11 on third downs and pitch a shutout. Now, Mississippi State game is going to tell us a lot, but if you're a Kansas State fan, how are you not thrilled with what this team has done through two weeks? There's just not much more you can say. Skylar Thompson's love and life. And life is good in Manhattan. And now if you get a SEC win in week three, um, they might start building that, that Chris Kleiman statue here uh, when he gets home and gets ready for Big 12 play. Uh, Kansas State might be a team that we're overlooking a little bit. All right? I'm not going to lie about that. It might be a team that we're overlooking here. Oklahoma State does what it's supposed to do to McNeese State, 56-14 win. Um, you had the A.J. Green pick six early on. And then, you know, a little bit of a, a sputtering offense there early, but – Hey, Spencer Sanders threw for 250 yards, three scores, um, led the team in rushing, and Tylen Wallace is a stud. Three, uh, three receiving touchdowns, 180 yards as well. 
Defense looked a little bit better, but once again, it's McNeese State. I don't know how much stock you can put into that, but Oklahoma State did what it was supposed to do, got a win, home opener, Spencer Sanders looking solid, and slowly getting ready for Big 12 play. OU demolishes South Dakota 70-14. to um, You had all three quarterbacks play, Jalen Hurts, Tanner Mordecai, Spencer Rattler. I saw this last night from Dennis Dodd. Jalen Hurts has more touchdown passes than he has, or touchdowns, than he has incompletions through two games. Lincoln Riley bangs out Heisman Trophy, if not contenders, winners. Jalen Hurts is going to be in New York City. Now, Joe Burrow looks like a great you know, option for a Heisman contender. Trevor Lawrence is there. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, of course, the Alabama quarterback is going to be in that mix. I would not be shocked if those are the four guys that are in New York City and Radio City at the end of the year. If it's Joe Burrow, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts, it makes perfect sense to me at this point. But this offense is not slowing down. Um, you know, now Lincoln Riley's got to go to UCLA. They'll probably be a, a big-time favorite there as well. But – Hey, they did what they were supposed to do. I don't want to put too much in some of these Big 12 games because of who they played, especially with an Oklahoma Sooners team that you expect to be competing for a college football playoff, but you did what you were supposed to do. Texas Tech beating up on UTEP 38-3. What's impressing me the most for Texas Tech is this defense. They give up three points. They allow 131 yards of offense to UTEP. I know it's not a great UTEP team. But in their first two games, Texas Tech has held opponents to three for 31 on third downs. That is a number that you have to love if you're a Texas Tech fan. And those are the type of numbers that you, let's be honest, have not typically seen during your time in, uh, you know, in Lubbock, whoever the coach was. Those are numbers that you don't typically see out of a place like that. So a lot to like. And um, a lot to be happy about. Once again, the opponents have not been great. But all in all, it's been a very good start for what's happening right now in, um, in Lubbock. And then, of course, similar deal. And I don't want to put too much stock into this either. But similar deal in Waco. Baylor does what they have to do. They beat up on UTSA 63-14. to And uh, the run game, 368 rushing yards. Yes, it's against cupcakes. I get it. But if this offensive line for Baylor can start to protect Charlie Brewer, get a little bit of push up front, um, and the defense is just average, you know, Baylor's, Baylor's pushing nine wins if they can do all of that, partially because of what their non-conference schedule is. But they're, they're a nine-win team pushing a nine-win team if that happens. The, the quarterback's obviously in place in Charlie Brewer. The skill position players, there's a plethora of them. It was always a question about, can the defense stop anybody? Can the offensive line do something it hasn't done since Matt Rule got there, which is just be decent and just get a little bit of push. And Baylor's going to surprise some people this year. They're really going to surprise some people this year if they can do that. But, of course, you want to see it against better competition. And that's why the late September game, Baylor and Iowa State is one of the most fascinating games in the Big 12. I said it before the season. I'll say it now. It is one of the most fascinating games in the Big 12 to keep an eye on here as the, um, as the season moves along. So a 6-2 and two week for the Big 12 Conference. You have the losses to, unfortunately, two SEC opponents. West Virginia looking brutal 
against Missouri. I'm concerned there about what's going to be coming up here. You have, uh, excuse me, not six and three, not six and two, five and three. You have Texas losing to LSU, and then you have, unfortunately, Kansas losing to Coastal Carolina. Um, we are going to have our Big 12 Power Rankings coming out here on Monday morning. We will also uh, talk about those in the midweek podcast. I am Pete Mundo. We are heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, being a part of it. Mybookie.ag promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. I'm placing my horrendous – it was a bad week for me – horrendous Big 12 bets there. Um, I hope you will as well. And, yeah, fade my picks for all I care. I can take it. I'm a big boy. I can handle it, but not a good week for me. So we will, uh, we've got a ton more coming your way this week on the website, on the podcast. If you're watching us now on Periscope or Facebook Live, please go subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. It helps us out a ton. And we'll be doing this again on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook Live, and the podcast coming up next week. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Reviewing week two in the Big 12. You are awesome. We've got previews rolling out across the site here over the next couple of days, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care.